Welcome to The Digital Week, where we make sense of the digital economy in just 15 minutes a week. I'm Monica Bradley, your host, and with me today is Marek Kowalkowicz. How are you, Monica? I'm very well, thank you, Marek. Today's topic is the government's role in the digital economy. We're seeing a lot about this at a state, federal, and local level in the weeks coming up. Everyone's into digital strategies. Why is this, what are the trends in this space? That's right, Monica, and we, we have worked with uh, just like you said, local, state and federal governments uh, in order to understand what's happening in the digital economy and how does it influence the way governments work. And we see a number of trends in this space. Uh, it's, it's really interesting to see that, um, one, the government is no longer the only provider of public goods, or public oh, services. Okay. Right. It's changing and it's... The, so the, no longer a monopoly. Correct. Yeah, that's 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 a really good way of looking at it. It's, it's almost like a you know like a market democratizing of public good. That's right. Mm -hmm. um, uh, point number two is um, we're seeing the digital economy uh, completely ignores boundaries, state boundaries. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's a lot that is happening around the world where governments that are by definition restricted by by boundaries, by geographic, yeah, don't really know how to how to respond and, and react. So the boundaryless society. That's right. That's the economy. More and more of that happening. If mm. you think about it, if Facebook were a nation, they would be the largest nation in the world right mm. now, right? And heaven we, knows where Google would be. We have a couple of billion people who, who regularly, mm. uh, at least once a month, and more than a billion people once a day logging onto Facebook, they're basically citizens of, of the digital economy, mm. right? So, so this is huge. Excellent. Um, and lastly? And the third one is uh, we're seeing this emergence of, uh, I would call it permissionless innovation, or um, uh, we're moving away from uh, a situation where the government would be a gatekeeper and saying, hey, this type of innovation is allowed here, this type of innovation is not allowed here, people just completely ignore it, right? And we've seen many, many cases where uh, global digital businesses would enter uh, a market, would enter a state, uh, and just offer the services despite regulation that would say otherwise. The challenge is uh, citizens mostly support it, and so government is caught in this strange situation where they, they have legislation, they have regulation, uh, but the question is, should we enforce it? Right? Do Go citizens on. want us to enforce it? So the government no longer is the sole gatekeeper. That's right. The activities that happen yeah. in your jurisdiction. So these are the three trends mm, that we're three seeing trends. Okay. Yeah. So the three trends, let's recap them, are that no, the government is no longer the sole provider of public good. <coughs> Correct. The government um, is restricted by geography, but the digital economy is boundaryless. So right. there's a lot of uh, boundaries coming across. And government is no longer the gatekeeper. Correct. Okay. Yes. So as we move from... Uh, we talk about the digital economy and that mm. really moves from this economy of corporations where mm. we had rules and processes and bureaucracy into the economy of people, right? Because yeah. the digital is people. So tell us about the attributes or the areas that governments are enacting in, in this new space. Sure, and, 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 and this is also, you know, what you already highlighted, Monica, which is, you know, we used to think about the government as a monopoly, right? Yes. As the one that provides services the one that is funding initiatives, the one that is regulating, right? The reality is, it's different, right? We have a, a government right now that is not 
the one that is funding initiatives. We have all sorts of digital services platforms where people can basically go on board and uh, uh, join those platforms and, uh, and get their initiatives funded. So right? in terms of funding, that used to be the sole domain of the government, we sure. now have players like Kickstarter, GoFundMe, we have impact investment bonds, which largely are raised by private uh, or impact investors and, and have a government component to them, but so, but are not solely the provision of government. Yeah, so well-free distribution, the, mm. the task that a government would typically have in the digital economy, and we know it's uh, it's been challenging, right? We, we all hear about s stories about very successful digital organizations that make a lot of money, are really good at what they do. They're also really good at avoiding paying taxes and so on, so that wealth redistribution, the, you know, the process that, that, that governments are, uh, are supposed to be doing is often ch being challenged by what is really happening. And so we, perhaps because of that, Perhaps uh, uh, in parallel to that, we're seeing the emergence of those completely government independent platforms. Right? That could almost be a whole topic in itself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just absolutely. funny because there's a whole nature of uh, perhaps it is the big global platforms that are earning revenue and not paying taxes, but are re-delivering impact or funding through other means. So because they're regulated almost by the people. People would regulate, is that acceptable or not acceptable, and where would they, you know. And you, you said something very important here, you said the people, right? Mm. Maybe it is the new we, the people, yeah. right? Maybe it is the, the, the next evolution of a government saying, yeah. hey, this doesn't work, we, the people, are creating those platforms now. Now, when I was a child growing up, a mm. long time ago, mm. um, I remember that people used to say, you can't do that, the government, does. my parents used to say, you mm. can't do that, Monica, the government doesn't allow you to do that. That's right. right. So tell us about the role of the government as the regulator. So, so it's still there, right? You know, yeah. um, uh, there's still rules. There's a yeah, lot of legislation. Exactly, exactly. And, and like I said, in some cases, the government is probably a bit more hesitant enforcing some of the rules just because, you know, of a potential outcry of the citizens, of the public, right? Hey, we want this innovation to be happening despite what you know the the old legislation from 1985, 1995, you know, whatever the date would be, is saying. Um, but there's something else, something very, very interesting happening uh, these days, and it comes back to the trend of uh, of border less organizations as well. Uh, we do have the regulation that governments are providing, but on top of that, or in addition to that, we have platforms, we have service providers who are saying, hey, this is what is allowed on our platform. So you have you know, your Facebook, the example that I, that I just gave, uh, um, with two billion users saying, this is the type of photos that are not allowed on our platform, right? And um, effectively, and it's an interesting discussion, uh, effectively Facebook is now defining uh, the freedom of speech or freedom mm -hmm. of expression. Right? So maybe you know, Australian regulations say I'm allowed to say that, but then there's a platform which tells me no, you're not allowed to say it. And if this is the platform that I'm using every day and most of my time to express my views, it's effectively restricting It's a quasi-regulation. It's a quasi-regulation. It's a quasi-government. Mm -hmm. yeah. Interesting times. And then the government is the provider of services. Mm. So the government is the provider of public good. They, they are there to ensure the prosperity of humans. Let's not forget, governments are all about humans. That's right. Uh, I notice a number of these strategies we're seeing come from government are kind of devoid of the human aspect. Mm. Yeah. Let's get back to the basis. Why does government exist? To enable and protect the human prosperity. That's right. So if we look at number three in the list of things that government do, it's being the provider. Mm. How is that changing the digital economy? Again, uh, j just because um, 
digital economy is reducing so many entry barriers. It's also reducing uh, entry barriers to delivering some of the services that used to be the domain of the governments, right? So um, these days, it's mostly about information services and also matchmaking services. So. Um, the government used to be the place to go to find a job, right? You would go to Centerlink, right? Yes. You would go to Centerlink and they would tell apparently. you, hey, you know, apparently, right? And they would tell you, hey, here's a list of, you know, jobs, professions. I think we used to have a jobs work. network that was probably called something else, but in Australia right. we definitely had a federally government-funded shop front. Right. That was the place you went to find a job. There's no need for it anymore. Well, we right? don't. I don't think they exist anymore. That's in right. the government sense. Yeah. Right? So, so you could use an, any public, uh, any any private provider of, of such services, right? Whether it's Seek, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's something else that works in your particular. And I guess if, you know, really yeah, we firstly saw that really in the linkage to private hospitals, right? right. You know, originally, most hospitals were public good and they were provided by the government, and then private hospitals come and now privates provide. Yeah. So it's really the. Is it also that the private providers are moving? and adopting technologies and efficiencies and, and better attributes that citizens are wanting mm. at a faster rate than a government can change. So therefore, the lower the cost and, and it's a better service provision um, outside of government. And it's an, it's an excellent way of looking at it. You, you, you could, uh, from a government perspective, you could think about it as a beautiful playground where various service providers experiment with new services and it's something works very very well that's a good sign for the government to say i like it how about we you know double down on it how about we actually do the same thing with them right so it's it's an ongoing um innovation space mm. so government's role moves from being the person that delivers the service to being the facilitator of the problem or the problem statement, and then the uh, working with innovators and then doubling down on seed funding or endorsement of, of ways that we might solve the problem. That's right. So, so, so it almost means that you know, we're moving from this discussion of you know, being a funder, a regulator, mm. a provider of services toward you know, a government that is a partner, that's a facilitator, uh, that, that, that's an advocate. Of, mm. uh, advocate of, for the problem owners that's or right. for the citizens that's affected. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Okay. I like it. So we're mm. moving in that. So give us a couple of quick examples of where we've seen some of these funder, provider, um, and regulator move on from one to another. I mean, you gave me a great example uh, of when we saw the terrible tragedy of the massacres in the US recently, mm. that there was uh, a change where immediately a GoFundMe page came up. So whereas the government might have compensated immediately the people in the vicinity, That's right. we saw crowd funders, but we also saw accommodation providers come online and through Facebook groups, yep. matched people that had been affected by the disaster to accommodation. I think these are these are all, all uh, great examples. And you know we all know that in the US, there are particular challenges uh, regarding the Medicare system or Obamacare or however it would be called, you know, it could, the name could change any day. Um, and this is where people get together and say, hey, you know, government is failing us here. Let's, let's find a better way. And thanks to what digital economy provides, they can uh, they can get together, they can self-organize, right? And it's not always government failing, though, Marek, is it? It's sometimes just the government moves slowly. That's they right. have they have by their very nature bureaucracy to yep. go through. Mm. So therefore, the private providers or people that are independent and want to get that public good done move faster. It's it's more about the perception, right? So this is what they think. The government, you're absolutely right, might actually not be failing them, and you know, and perhaps there are solutions. But sometimes it's easier 
to just go to a, a platform like that. Moving on to the jobs of the future, yeah. if the organ if the role of government is changing, what are some of these new jobs that will be inside of government? Shall we start with the digital president? Oh. <laughs> or in Aust in the uh, Commonwealth, we call them prime ministers. Uh, digital prime minister, right? Yeah, PM. Or digital governor. Um, uh, you can PM. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I you can DM the PM. <laughs> DM the PM. <laughs> Trust analyst, someone who yeah. works for the government and analyzes all of the platforms and says, well, this is a scam. This is a, a legitimate request for help and so on. Right. And mm -hmm. of course, have loads and loads of big data behind them to That's do right. that. Okay. Regulation analyst, someone who looks at uh, terms and conditions of a particular service and then uh, figures out whether they're in conflict with the local regulation and so on. And my f f personal favorite, because as much as we digitize, I like to believe it's all about human prosperity yep. when we're talking about government. So bringing some of these personal concierge face-to-face. -face. Can we give every citizen a concierge, a face-to-face -face concierge to navigate? That's right. Multiple levels of government made look easy using digital. Yep. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Okay, so what can we tweet out today? Have you got a tweet of the week for us? God save the queen with digital regime. <laughs> I used to listen to Sex Pistols when I was a kid. So. Ah, I have one. Uh, the digital economy, the largest change management project ever undertaken by the human race. Nice. <laughs> so, thank you very much. That's a wrap from us today at the Digital Week. Join us and with the conversation on Twitter at Chair Dig Economy. And we'll see you next time on the Digital Week.